Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... And we're back. The MMA for Money Show, episode 85. Like the hands on a Rolex watch, we just don't stop. I am your host, as always, Mike Copenhaver. Real Mike, at Don't Cope, just went on Twitter. I'm joined with the co-host and producer of the show, T. How you doing, T? I'm doing good, man. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Just want to uh, just shout out everyone in the chats that's already here live. we got 69 of you. Hello, Jackie girl. Appreciate you. I want to immediately, right off the bat, just uh, shout out some of the sponsors that, that we got. Uh, first off the bat, we got his Melon, Melon Brand Hats, M-E-L-I-N.com. Um, it's my boy, Brian McDonald, is one of the co-founders of the company. In high school, he talked about having a luxury line of hats, and uh, they would just be just, you know, a whole nother level, like a Rolex watch compared to a Casio. And the hat that I'm wearing right now is one of the one of the four new neon editions. It sold out in 23 hours. They sponsor Phil Mickelson. They sponsor Michael Chandler. And now they sponsor your boy and the MMA for Money show. So make sure to go give my boys some love over there at M-E-L-I-N.com brand hats. Get yourself some gear. I'm telling you, the sickest hats you've seen. And uh, next up, the newest sponsor to the show, uh, a sponsor that I cannot thank enough, I, that I'm honored, absolutely honored to have is now Fokai, Fokai Clothing. It's uh, from Guam. Uh, all my Guamanian friends, all my Chelus, uh, everyone, everyone there, at, uh, you know, Rome, Roman, the owner of Fokai, for giving me the opportunity to uh, sport his gear on my show soon. Um, and we've been sporting Fokai stuff since ever since. I say since ever since all the time on the podcast, and that slogan is from them. I've used it since I was literally 17. I used to jump in my car, drive down for uh, two and a half hours from Simi Valley to San Diego Undisputed just so I could drop $200 on some Undisputed shirts so I could be the, the most fly guy over here in Simi Valley. So shout out to Fokai Clothing. I can't thank you guys all enough, and especially you, Koch Diaz, my boy uh, over there from Guam too as well, over now lives in San Diego. I can't I, you know, say enough good things about these guys. It, it's a family, and, and just welcome to the MMA for Money team. Welcome to the Fokai family. I've, I'm just so stoked uh, to, have, to have the honor to have you guys back now. Next up and last is the Spliff Seeds Amsterdam. You guys have been and had my back since ever since. Um, I'm one of the best MJ cultivators in the world. Um, Lemon Cream Kush, the, the plant you're seeing there, featured on Spliff Seeds Amsterdam. That is my baby girl. That's my plant that they featured there on their site because they know that I'm the baddest dude when it comes to that. So shout out to Spliff Seeds Amsterdam. Go give themselves, go give them a love of some follow and uh, order yourself some genetics of, of the absolute fire. So with that said, thank you all. Thank all the sponsors, you know, and you too, uh, Ryan Richardson, kick your bass. You're the man. With that said, you know, we're going to go right into the UFC Vegas 23 review. Um, you know, uh, hello, Mel. I just want to shout out to hello, Mel B. Thank you for joining. Thank, hello, Ryan. Thank you for joining as well. Vince Guzman in the chat. Uh, all 84 of you that are here already live listening. 
Um, once again, we're going to just rip through this uh, UFC Vegas 23 that uh, just I absolutely ate shit on. I mean, I rarely, rarely lose fucking three bets, man. It was like it was unreal. And, you know, but it is what it is in the game. So first on the prelims was uh, Impa Consagna. He's eight and one. He was uh, a 300 favorite, and he absolutely just manhandled Sasha and made him look soft. I actually thought Impa was going to uh, strike him with TKO KO and devastate him, but he ended up getting a submission on Sasha. And if anybody does jiu-jitsu and you saw how pathetic the jiu-jitsu, the, the choke defense was on Sasha, it's not, it wasn't even white caliber stuff, dude. It was just like no caliber. He's like, it was like a, not even a 22 caliber gun. It was so weak, so... Uh, Sasha, soft as could be. Uh, Impa made him look that way. What did you think about that, T? Yeah, Sasha didn't have nothing for Impa there. Um, I wanted to go Impa in that fight, but I actually that was too early in the morning for me, so I actually missed that fight. I walked in towards the end and saw him choking him out, but um, <laughs> glad he glad he got the sub and got the win. Um, but yeah, after that fight, um, we had Dan Unjung versus William Knight. Um. This was a fight I thought William Knight would come in and um, it would be a striking bout. And William Knight's a thicker guy, um, stronger. I thought he'd catch Unjung at some time in the fight. But um, Unjung came out and um, he fought a smart fight. He took William Knight down. He put him on his ass and he freaking kept him there and he kicked his butt. And that was, that was the end of that fight. Um, yeah. what, you, what you thought about that, dude? Oh, man, you know, uh, T and I do a pregame, pre-show, um, and uh, prep for days, you know, to get the show as professional as it is. And I, I'm kind of really mad at myself. I I wanted to bet Dong Jung. Uh, I, I saw the height advantage, and I saw I just thought it was just too much for William Knight in the sense of, like, just size and an advantage. But then I looked at Dong Jung, the way he left, he, op- he leaves himself open in the pocket, leaves his chin wide open, and I thought maybe William Knight would be able to land something um, inside, you know, on his chin and crack him. But uh, well, it, it, did, you, did you think he could take him down? Did you, did you think he was going to take him down in that fight? Uh, you know, I that, yeah, well, I, def- that's, I knew that was his best game plan because you're not going to stand with a guy with dynamite in his hands, you know. So uh, that's William Knight's chance. So it is what it is. We, uh, we you know, like I said, we didn't bet him. So we just picked uh, William Knight with Cubs' power, but the size advantage and everything was really concerning on that one in general. But the, the next fight was an absolute disgrace, man. It was my first loss of the night. It shouldn't have even been a loss. Jordan the Psycho Griffin, he, dude, him and Luis Aldana, yes, they went to war. Yes, the fight was super close. Dude, but, dude, Jordan Griffin was all over him. I almost had him finished a couple times. But I blame Jordan Griffin himself for the fact in jiu-jitsu, it's position before submission. And he was so just ignorant to the fact that he'd rather go for a, an old-school bulldog choke or before, you know, instead of taking hooks, taking a body triangle, then going for an RNC, which is, has a way higher finishing percentage. I was really disgusted. I, I mean, not only the fact that we lost the fight because I thought Jordan won, but when the judges came, holy shit, dude. It was a split decision. So if you don't know what that means, it means that there's three judges and two judge, one judge had it 29-28 for our boy, Jordan Griffin. The other judge had it for Luis Saldana. And then this other judge who knows nothing about mixed martial arts that probably smokes crack on the streets in Vegas, she or he had it at 30-27. 30-27. That means that that person saw it, it clearly all three rounds for one person. If you watched that fight, you were disgusted. I know uh, Best Fight Picks was disgusted. I know Die Hard MA was disgusted. I was fucking merely disgusted because that was my first bet of the night. I took an L for absolutely no reason. 
Jordan the Psycho Griffin, I, I, I blame you personally for your shitty, shitty jujitsu techniques and the fact that you went for uh, submission before submission. So I'm sorry for the L there, folks. Like I said, that shouldn't even have been one. But that, that's the MMA game, bro. These judges like boxing. They're corrupt as can be. There's money that swings both ways. And, and so, you know, I took that L and it went right up the A. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you get 30-27 in that fight, uh, personally. That's kind of crazy to me. That just uh, one of them fights where the judges just drop the ball and you're sitting there like, what the hell just happened? Um, uh, you know, I didn't understand it. But um, next up on the card, we had um, Hunter Azor versus Jack Shore. Um, that was a good fight. Um, going back and forth, the Shore kind of showed out. So did Jack Shore. Um, they went back and forth. I thought Shore got the best of them. Um, what you thought about that one, Mike? Yeah, this was I, I was super high on Jack Shore. If you listen to the podcast last week, he was all he was gonna be one of the bets that I was gonna fire on. So if you listened last week, I told you, dude, this kid's jujitsu game was slick. That he had a really good agile, good mobility, and good entries on his takedowns. But the only thing that I was worried about is during COVID over uh, in his homeland that he didn't have enough training partners. So I didn't know what kind of shape he was going to be in. And so fighting a, a wrestler like Hunter Azure, who, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, he was a tough son of a bee in this fight. And this fight was it was a very good one to watch for a mixed martial arts standpoint between the jujitsu, the, you know, the striking mixture. Everything was just beautiful. But Jack Shore clearly dominated, like to me, had the win. Um, I, I thought he looked sharp for, you know, not having... You know, in, in a COVID era, it's very tough for these guys to prepare. But shout out to Jack Shore for that W. Third, uh, now, I believe 13-0 or 14-0, but it was an amazing win. And, uh, dude, <laughs> next up on the card is literally, if you listen last week, this was the these were the big fat bodies that I was talking about. These two big bad boys that were going to throw down and someone was going to fall down. Humpty Dumpty wasn't going to get back up. And if I told you that, I was so spot on. It wasn't even funny. And I and and I then again, Jorgen. It was Jars Danho versus Jorgen De Castro. Jars Danho was plus two forty five. Jorgen De Castro was negative two ninety. I told every motherfucking one of you, if you put your money down on Jorgen De Castro, who's negative two ninety, don't you ever watch the show again. You want to know what happened to the favorite? The negative two ninety. Jaris Danho slept his ass and got him a, sp a sponsorship from Casper Pillows after the nap that he took. He, dude, he was sleeping on the ground for so long after that it wasn't even funny, dude. I, I, I literally put my other, my three-year-old to sleep as long as he was sleeping on the floor. But shout out to all the Danho supporters, all the people who had the big balls to put the money down on the plus 245 big boy. Because like I said, it was dog or pass. And the dog, he won. So... Bark, bark, baby. He ate that shit. It was beautiful. What did you think about that team? Oh, uh, man, yeah, he, he cleaned him up pretty quick. I, I was mad. I, I watched the fight. I was thinking about taking a dog there, but I just didn't. Um, sat that one out, uh, and I missed out because um, he went down like a ton of bricks real quick. <laughs> hit him in the, he hit him in the temple, and that was it, man. Um, but, yeah, after that one, we had our second bet. Um, it was um, Ignacio Bahamandes versus John McDessie. Um you know, we thought Ignacio had a big reach advantage here, and um, he would just outstrike him. But McDessie toughed him out, man. He sat up there in, in there in the pocket and just started hitting him hard. And I don't, I don't think Bahamandas was ready for that. Um, and uh, you know, he definitely lost that first round. It was competitive after that, but um, I, you know, it's kind of clear to see that McDessie got the best of him there. Um, uh, what you thought about that, Mike? 
Yeah, I know. Uh, I talked a lot of shit about John Gadesi last week, so I'll, I'm I'm a man enough to admit when I, I was wrong. He he won the fight, man. Uh, the veteran. I usually back the veteran versus the the newer comer, but in this spot, man, a uh, guy with a seven and a half inch reach advantage, seven inches taller, uh, Ignacio. I I mean, this was a competitive fight too. It wasn't like a. John McDessie's jab was really, really sharp uh, this night. It was the sharpest I've ever seen him. It caused cuts on Ignacio's face. And that damage that, that you know, the judges see that blood dripping and the little bit of cuts from those four-ounce gloves, the, the, those stitching on the gloves cut the face so easily. You know, I never really realized it until my brother brought home a pair of the UFC gloves and then obviously hit me with them because he's a dick. But uh, either way, the, the, they, they're, they're not fun, bro. I, I, the bo- a boxing glove ain't fun. And once I got hit from one of those uh, four-ounce gloves from War Machine, and you and you can get cut real fast with the stitching. So, you know, it is what it is. The Ignacio Bonhondez, he's still got a lot of talent. He's very, very young. Uh, he's out of Chile. So shout-out to Latin America. John McDessie did what he needed to do. Uh, I believe his camp change is what really, really edged him on there. So, but you know, we took that L there, and so that was that was one I will be okay with losing because you know John McDessie was the clear winner there, and he looked sharp. But the little Jordan Griffin one, I still won't accept. And and uh, anyone at me, I'll come at you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, dude. So, but, so n- next up on the card was literally probably one of my favorite fights on the whole card, man. It was it, it was. Mateus Damrot versus Scott Hotas Holtzman. And the reason why it was just so exciting for me was, dude, Mateus Damrot's mixture of mixed martial arts was fucking phenomenal, dude. But it, it, it didn't matter if it was his striking or his single leg or his double leg or his ankle pick. I mean, dude, I, it was unreal that he could throw, he threw a right hand and he already was down on his on the left ankle of Holtzman and ankle picked his bitch ass down so fast. It looked like warm. Actually, you know what? It didn't even look like War Machine fucking taking me down because he couldn't even take me down that easily. He literally just made Holt Scott Hot Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman look like some mild shit and literally ended his night, man. And it was beautiful. So go back and watch that fight. But shout out to Mateus Gamrot. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we had him uh, to win this fight. The negative 230 was just a little steep. There was a couple of those that uh, won that I wished I could have fired on, but it's just it's irresponsible to fire you know, X amount of, of dollars when you, uh, you know, you're fighting a Holtzman, a guy like Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. But what, um, you, what did you feel about that one, dude? Oh, yeah. Just Holtzman just sat there. He looked like he was cocking that right hand, and that's really all he had for Ganrod. And Ganrod just schooled him, man. Um, you know, that that was pretty much it on that fight. Um, I enjoyed watching it, though. Ganrod, you know, put on a show, um, that's for sure. Um but uh, yeah, after that, um, we had Jim Miller versus Joe Selecki. Um, this wasn't the most exciting fight. Um, Jim Miller did set the record for the most fights in the UFC with 37. Um, so that was good to see. OG, it, at least he at least he got something that night because Selecki just grabbed him, threw him down on the mat, and just kept him there. And uh, you know, he fought a safe fight. Didn't want to get um, any submit caught in any submissions or caught in any bad positions, and he just laid him there. Uh, what you thought about that one? Yeah, uh, you know, we picked Joe Selecki to win that fight. I knew he was going to dominate Jim Miller. Jim Miller is just, just a little bit over the hill. Uh, the negative 235, once again, that was the price tag on him. So at negative 235 means that you in Vegas, you got to throw 235 bucks to win 100 I, I Dude, if I was in Vegas, easily I'm dropping that money line because you get a little, you know, that adrenaline rush of Vegas, you're for sure okay dropping the 235. But like when you're, you know, you guys are my fans. I'm trying to give you a better edge. 
it's hard to tell you to fire, you know, $235 on a, a, a new up and comer like Joe Selecki, even though I had faith in him against an OG like Jim Miller. But it was absolutely, I mean, I, I believe this was one of the boring fights that they did like a, a lay on me 69 position or side control and uh, a told story and bedtimes bedtime stories i don't know what they were doing over there bro but it uh joe selecki still sharp young uh he's got talent but i was pretty it was pretty soft you know the win like i want to see some damage like what happened to the ufc where motherfuckers came to kill people the pride days when people came there literally to die in their shield they need to go watch blood sport again all the ufc fighters (laughs) i think i think they need to go and have like a a a conference and a meeting like at like the freaking you know the MGM Grand and I sit down every one of these uh Marsh mixed martial artists and then just play blood sport for them just again to remind these motherfuckers what the point of this whole sport is is I watch someone die today I want to see someone finish I'm sick of this laying and praying and the soft shit this is the stuff my brother used to say about that Ben Askren soft lay and pray hug your legs and do no damage put no put in, in no put submission attempts really no elbows no hammer fist like you guys are dude these, i know they're fighters and i'm you like oh give them respect real mike and blah 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 fuck off my brother was war machine i know he was even he was a pro fighter and i don't need to give him respect so if you're if you're a pro fighter and you're this dumb where you can't even implement your jiu-jitsu game or your wrestling game or stick to a game plan it, it's just sickening how stupid some of these guys are and soft man they're not game bred they're not phil baroni style they're not ensign in you they're not you bear yoshida they're not fucking these old school badasses nick diaz fucking back in pride you know uh anderson silva i mean the, 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 just absolute savages that used to go in and kill people. Now we're watching these soft little guys come in there and they're scared to get little cuts and on their faces and shit. It's, it's pathetic. It's like watching a figure skating, but these guys are supposed to fight, you know? And then we got these judges who come in and don't know shit about shit except dick and shit. And then it's retarded, you know? So, um, yeah, dude, it was, it was it, it, the fight. Yeah. Joe Sluggy won, but blah, you know, good job. I can't wait to see you fight someone for real now. But uh, sorry for the rant, but get start start, start start fucking fighting, guys, because it's this is fighting, okay? Yeah. Jesus, I hear you. Hey, that that fight was uh, tough to watch. It was boring, almost put you to sleep type stuff. But um, all right, let's move on to the main card. Um, first up in the main card, we had Daniel Rodriguez versus Mike Perry. We pretty much knew this was gonna be a slugfest, and they were gonna throw down and um set the card off right, but um. Mike Perry just was eating Daniel Rodriguez's jab that whole fight. He got him down in the first, and that that was pretty much it. But after that, just Daniel was just stinging him with that jab. He pounded his face in pretty oh, much man. that whole fight. Um, but I, I got Rodriguez right before the fight live. Mm-hmm. At, right when the fight started for like minus one thirty, and I was happy I laid that number because that was ended up being yeah. easy money. But what oh, you man, thought about you- that, dude? Well, first off, let me just shout out a couple more people in the chat. Uh, you seen more. Thank you for joining us in the chat. Uh, welcome. Uh, Jackie Girl, once again, love you. Always appreciate you. Jamie Birch, always in the mix. Um, Vince Guzman, like I said, and everyone watching, there's 124 of you live right here. Absolute pleasure to have you guys here uh, tuning in. But uh, what I thought about it was, man, dude, I told you guys, I told you, these two gangster, loped out mofos were going to go in there and they were going to bang. And, dude, what I'm upset about is that, dude, I liked Daniel Rodriguez, his last fight versus Nicholas Dalby. He lost his last fight versus Nicholas Dalby because he didn't fucking punch or kick or do shit. He didn't even, he had no volume. The guy that I thought was that, that was going to beat Dalby 
look, Pinocchio boy that I called on the the podcast, that guy, that Daniel Rodriguez that fought Pinocchio, he didn't have any punches or volume or nothing. But then he goes over here and he fights Mike Platinum Perry, who I like to call Baby War Machine. And he literally then shows up with a game plan that looks absolutely amazing. Like, like that was the dude that I bet on for like Vince Dolby. Like, what were you doing, bro? He So, yeah, he showed up. He minced up Mike Perry's face. But Mike Perry's face has already been damaged. He's had broken noses in the past. Mike Perry, like I said on the, on the podcast last week, is nobody to trust. He's not a real professional mixed martial artist. He's actually a pretty racist dude. He says, like I said, he says the N-word all the time. He's, he's disrespectful. Like I said, I, 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 I have no respect for Mike Perry. I'm, I'm glad that he got beat up. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, I'm glad he won that fight. He showed uh, amazing skill. Like I said, a lot of good jab, good straight lefts, just good, good all-around game, bro. So shout out to D-Rod for the win there. Uh, I wish I would have saw that versus Dolby, bro, and we would have cashed my bets for my MMA for Money fans. But, uh, you know, Pinocchio boy, you know, you didn't show up. You could have killed him. You, you show up with Mike Perry and you beat him up. Mike Perry looked like 10 times scarier, bro. Like, I don't even get it. So, you know, it, it's crazy, bro. But uh, next up on the card, bro, was uh, Mackenzie Dern. She fought Nina Nunez, formerly known as Nina Sarnoff. Man, I, 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 you know, I, I, we don't bet low class women's MMA anyways, so I, I, mean, I didn't bet this. So, it, but when I, when I say that I should have known that Nina was not going to win, I, I feel like it's, I'm disgusted with myself. Like I thought about it in relationship form, and I was like, hmm, if Nina and Amanda are in a relationship. And there's one that's like superior than the other. Like, so one gets told what to do. And that's not run us any right, but like that's just kind of a hierarchy, kind of. It's it's just how it is. So I, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, she they just had a baby. And I was like, hmm, who do you think's watching the baby? Well, it's like Amanda Nunez is at the gym training. I mean, Nina looked like she came off the couch with her, you know, literally with just milk the kid. So I, 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 bro, I'm so disgusted that we didn't even jump on the Derns uh, sub. But shout out to our boy Super Tipstar on the MMA for Money team. He was all over Mackenzie Dern like nobody's business. Saw, uh, called the sub and everything, man. Uh, so super big shout out to him. I knew Dern could do it if she got her down. But I thought Nina had a, it was more intelligent. I thought that she had the training partners, has the best women's fighter in the world next to her. I thought she had American top team. I thought she actually was a better fighter than what I saw, but I guess she literally was just sitting on the couch feeding the kid. So uh, Nina Ansoff, Ansoff got her ace whooped, and Mackenzie Dern looked amazing. Uh, but I'm not going to give her you know, all the, all the props in the world because it was, it was Nina off the couch who just milked her kid. So, I mean, you could have grabbed a hot dog vendor that was a girl that night, and it probably would have been the same fight. Next up on the card, we had Julian the Missile uh, missile Crisis, I believe, Marquez for Sam Smiling Alvey. Uh, you know, there's another one. I knew Julian Marquez was going to win this fight. The price tag was just like negative 185 versus a, a veteran like Sam Alvey. It's just like, man, I just don't like throwing money on that type of fight. But, uh, you know, shout out to him for actually finishing uh, 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 Alvey because, you know, Alvey's, you know, not the easiest guy to get out of there. And so, you know, Julian Marquez is really funny, man. I, uh, besides that, uh, he ruined his thing with Miley Cyrus, and that's what he'll always be known for. He uh, He's pretty entertaining. I'm glad that he's in the UFC because at least he finishes people like uh, we want to see. So that is what it was. And then um, next up on the card, there was Sadiq Yusuf. And Sadiq Yusuf fought Arnold Allen. 
And bro, this was a, this was actually a really really good fight and a treat to watch. I mean, Arnold Allen looked he looked amazing, dude. Uh, Sadiq Yusuf is a tough mofo. These guys were just battling back and forth and just scrambling and um, you know just Arnold Allen, man, he is the is the real deal right now. Like he just really is. Uh, the, the odds were a gift. Whoever bet on Arnold Allen, shout out to you guys because he really looked good, man. Uh, absolutely amazing. Sadiq Yusuf is no joke. Super athletic. Um, heavy-handed. I mean, has great uh, wrestling too. Like so, I mean, Arn Allen looked really, really, really good on that one. Yeah, he did. So, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I, I thought going in, Yusuf would get him, but um, he had opportunity. It looked like he he had the game plan, but Arnold, you know, he did the damage in the first two rounds, caught him, and that you know that was the difference in that one. I thought Yusuf might have got got him at the end, but um. Um, at the end of the card for the main event, we had uh, Kevin Holland versus Vittori. That was another bet we had. Um, we had Vittori, ITD, plus 125. We thought within the five rounds, Vittori would end up beating him up on the ground and getting him. But, um, you know, Holland was too crafty, moving around. Uh, Vittori just wasn't aggressive enough, and, we, you know, we didn't get the W. Vittori held him down, Did basically just did the same thing Brunson did to him. I, I didn't see it much different than that a little bit more of damage he did to, to Holland and Brunson but pretty much the same thing uh what you thought about that one Mike oh well I mean I've been a Marvin Vittori fan since uh his the beginning of his career pretty much and so this one this one hurt a little bit because he was negative 320 which means you had to throw 320 bucks on him to make 100 once again I knew he was gonna win I I, I, I you know but to throw 320 bucks uh, uh, to make 100 uh, versus a guy like Kevin Holland, who one punch, you know, one kick, it could just end. You're on 320 bucks in a second. It's just not advisable. So I took the inside the distance in the five rounds. Dude, Marvin Vittori had him mounted. He had him fucking full mounted one, two, or three times. Full fucking mount. He didn't do shit. He didn't do an elbow. He didn't do a punch. He didn't do a fucking head against us. He didn't do shit. Not a choke. Not a rape choke. Nothing. He didn't set up a head and arm. Dude, he tried to do a head and arm choke. Bro, it was the most fucking pathetic head and arm choke I've ever seen, bro. He literally didn't even know how to do it. And you know what was even sadder? I watched him turn his head to his corner to ask them for advice on how to finish the fucking move. And so right then and there, I knew the inside the distance was fucked. So he should have done it. He could have done it. But once again, these soft-ass fools who don't want to come in here and fight and die today, like the original UFC guys that used to fight not once, not twice, but maybe three times, and, and had already had cuts and already had bruises, and they already had all the, all the excuses these guys make. You know, my lady's got her tampon in. I can't come this week. I mean, all the things that are going through these fighters' heads, I don't get it, dude. I don't get what the fuck we're watching anymore. The UFC has watered down our sport. It's literally becoming the softest. It's like nobody's here to kill anyone i'm sick of it get a conference going fire everybody that doesn't want to hurt someone because we got enough people on the roster they're literally watering them down so once again i'm I disgusted because Mar marvin vittori once again an another bet that at 1.25 units that should have been easily cashed because he had dude a full mount position you should have landed multiple elbows slammed it in his face he should have been bleeding all over he should have then, then he would have had Holland, had to take, flip through his belly. He could have flattened him out, slammed him with more fucking punches in the back of his motherfucking head. I don't care where you hit him. And then he could have choked him to fucking death. 
But did he do that? No. Fucking soft. Not a fan anymore, Marvin Vittori. I'm not a fan of any fucking fighter that's not trying to kill a motherfucker today. I'm, this is mixed martial arts. I want to see fights. I want to see gladiator-style shit. I want to go back to Rome where the Coliseum, where two motherfuckers go in there knowing someone dying today. And the fans, we love it. We cheer it. I want it. Bring the shit back. I'm sick of the soft shit. Fucking weak, bro. I'd rather do the, yeah. the NASCAR races. Some of the NASCAR drivers take bigger crashes that have bigger hits than some of these guys late this weekend. You guys are soft. Soft. Fucking yeah, fucking, he do. Bro, don't get he me def- started. He definitely couldn't. He couldn't stand with Holland. That's the damn sure. But we knew that, and we knew he'd take him down. But speaking of Holland, man, well, I I really want to see Holland fight Adesanya, and I, I don't think he could beat him. But I just want to see them yeah. two fight, man. I think them two standing up would be awesome to watch for a while before Adesanya yeah, you, ended Holland. You, you know, you're the you're the first person to bring that up, and I and I I immediately uh, I said Adesanya fuck his ass up immediately. I know that, I will, but you're right. It'll be very exciting because you, uh, Kevin Holland at least. Bro, he got poked. He got hurt in his eye one time. Couldn't even see it during the fight. And he still went on. He could he couldn't see out of the eye. And he even lied and said, huh. Huh? 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 Yeah, I can see. You know, that's a fighter, bro. These other guys are like, oh my yeah. god, I get hit the nuts. Oh my god, I gotta stop the whole fight. Oh my god, oh god, oh god, please god, I, oh my god, I got hit. I got hit below the belt. Oh my, it's like, dude, shut up, dude. Stop being soft. Just I, so yeah, I would love to see Kevin Holland versus Adesanya. It would be a fun fight to watch someone just get devastated. Adesanya would probably win just by pure murder because uh, he's the best striker in the UFC still to me, uh, in my opinion. So. But yeah, then we're done. So that's enough of uh, UFC Vegas 23 and uh, my ranting on that. So, but I, a shout out to all 139 of you guys here live. Appreciate the, the awards and the love and the likes. Shout out to Jason Torello, MMA for money, prime time motherfucking himself, MMA.com, MMA for money.com. Make sure you go there. Look at the packages. My boy Prime is the absolute best sports better in the entire world. There ain't nobody that could hold his jock strap. Dude, his NASCAR wins alone will pay for your mortgage for at least a few months at times, bro. I mean, he's hit plus 30,000. You know what that means? That means you put $100 down and you got 30 grand, bro, off one race winner. That If you had the balls to follow Jason Torello, MMA for money, com and you buy that package i'm telling you you never seen someone win like him other than ricky bobby on the movie bro okay because mma for money for life mma for money team we're all about love and family here we teach nothing but just uh investing we uh this is mma talk uh, you know we'll get into some cryptocurrency sometimes we'll give a stock advice so this is this is a team you guys want to come and join us every tuesday night 6 p.m grab a beer grab a bong load just do whatever you want to do come chill and relax all the problems in the real world they don't exist here on the mma for money show we're here to have fun good vibes besides my rants that i'm getting all fired up on for the obviously for, <laughs> inter- for entertainment as well as i'm fucking disgusted with some of these soft ass fools but once again, I can't. I just can't thank all you guys enough for the love that you've given the MMA for Money show. We got some big, big things going. And uh, to all the people who doubted, you know, I'm sorry that you ain't on the team no more, bro. But uh, there's a lot, a lot of haters who hated against the, all of us pushing forth. But it's after cryptocurrency and all of the investments that we've made, uh, you know, to prove that we are the best team in the entire world when it comes to not only just sports betting, but investing. Not a goddamn Wall Street trader could hold my nuts, 
couldn't hold Jay Torello's nuts and couldn't hold T's nuts right down below. So just if you want to make money, you want to be part of a team, you want to be like Team Money Mayweather, you come and join the MMA for Money team. You find it here on Haps TV. Haps TV is going to take over. There ain't going to be like Facebook drama and your mama and Twitter and all that stuff that all the, the evil, the stuff that's just separating people. That shit don't exist here on Haps. Haps is for creativity. Haps was brought to you by ex-Disney television president David Newman and I might believe Mark Goldberg or Goldman. But either way, the point is, is to come here and have fun and just have a straight blast. If you like betting, you like mixed martial arts, we're the place to be. But if you want other sports like primetime sports, like NASCAR, football, NHL, MMAforMoney.com. Like I said, Jason Torello, Prime, he's the best there ever was. So just want to make sure to give my boy uh, some love. And, and like I said, we'll prove it all the time. So let's get let's get going, though, on this next uh, this next event yeah, that man. we got. So let's this get in the UFC Vegas 24. Let's do it. <clears throat> all right. So like you said, UFC Vegas 24, Whitaker versus Gastelum, the prelims. Uh, Anthony Burchick yeah. is going to be fighting. He's 16 and 7. He's plus 175 versus Tony Gravely, who's 20 and 6, uh, coming off at the negative 205. Uh, you know, Anthony Burchick, I, I, he's a wonderful mixed martial artist, and uh, he, he's interacted very well with us on for the MMA Funny Show when Gustavo Lopez beat him. I don't, I don't want to say anything disrespectful at all um, because I just uh, I appreciate relationships and friendships more than I do uh, – uh, just ranting about just random random stuff. But Tony Gravely, I, I, I really don't like the matchup for my boy Anthony Burchek here. I, I just it's just not it's just not good, man. Tony Gravely has a great uh, takedown game. He's he's gonna get it down the ground. So then Burchek's got to lock up a sub. So he can do that, bro. But he's also he also has just tapped to our boy Gustavo Lopez. So um, I, I it's just very hard for me to to back uh, Anthony, even though I love him. But uh, the plus 175, I, I understand why it's negative 205, Tony Gravely. But uh, I'm not betting on this and don't have anything to say other than that. What do you say, T? Yeah, the line's off on this one. I mean, uh, Burchex, he's got a height and reach advantage. Um, you know, yeah, he came out in a bad spot last time. I had to fight Gustavo. They training partners. and I mean, that's just a bad spot. They know each other. And obviously, um, Gustavo had the advantage on him, but um, Gravely's got more upside here. I I just wouldn't want to lay that number on him. Um, I'd probably bet him by decision if I bet him, but I, I, I'm probably just gonna stay away from that fight. Um, yeah, no, we're yeah, here. Real, real, real fast, dude. I want to shout out my boy Matt McBride, who I've known uh, probably since I was nine years old. He just jumped in the chat. He's one of my best, one of my good friends. He's watched me uh, struggle from all the way my dad died when I was nine years old until when I was, you know, by myself when I was seventeen. Matt McBride has been my boy since ever since, like we say, Fokai style. So uh, a shout out to you, Matt McBride, dude. I, I fucking love What's you, up, dude. Man? I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, being one of my dudes in the chat. So shout out to you, uh, Matt McBride over here in California, to your family. Much love. Um, just want to just like I said, sorry, I want to make sure to give my boy some love because he deserves it. Yeah, all good. All so right, next well, up on the card. We, go ahead. Take it, dude. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we have Zara Farron versus six and four plus 110 versus Josine Nunez. Seven and one. It was negative 130. Right off the bat. We see the Nunez name, and it like it gives you like these butterflies, and like what Nunez, 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 the man in Nunez. Oh my God, is that like her cousin? Is that her sister? Is that her brother? Is that her mother? Like who is that? Is it, no, it's not. It's not her. Okay, it's not who we think it is. It's not. It has nothing to do with the man in Nunez. It don't be betting on this girl because she her name's Nunez. She's seven and one. 
That's what the draw is going to be, right? She's six wins. She, she's coming on six wins in a row. But this is where it gets suspect, folks. Okay. So this is what this is how you break down fights, all right? Then you go and look. You look at the line, all right? And then you're like, all right, that's the odds. Then I go to the records. I go to the records and I see her last four. Let's just go to her last five wins, okay? Her last win was a girl that was 4-0. So, you know, that's not uh, that's not bad, okay? So the, the other girl, 3-0. All right, cool. So you beat two girls who kind of had some momentum but in, in no real organization. Then the third to last win, the girl's 0-1. 0-1. My little sister will beat that girl because she's been fighting with us our whole life. This girl, that's one of that's one of your three. That's what that's one of three wins. Let's get to the next fourth win. The girl was one and zero. In a pro, is a pro fighting. The girl was one and zero. It's crazy. Then the girl, the next girl was zero and six. She beat. Oh, and fucking six. That's the type of girls in padded record that Josine Nunez has. Like uh, no, this is this is this has got something written suspect all over it. Then you so then I'm like all right all right fly I got a red flags red flags red flags let's go let's look at the their contestant Zara Ferrin for um six and four right away two off coming off two losses it it, it automatically gives you like this ugly feeling you're like ew six and four that's ugly too you suck at your job you're a pro fighter six and four that's crazy if I was that bad at my job like like I was like sixty percent good at my job at the time or whatever you'd be kicked out bro you suck. So she's coming off two losses, right? But the, this is the first time that she's going to actually have a size advantage. Just She's been fighting girls like Megan Anderson, who's a freaking giant Viking lady. She was like 6'10". I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you got triangle choke by her. A triangle choke is very easy to lock up when you're long, man. So, yeah, she, she lost to, you know, uh, Megan Anderson. Okay, I understand. Felicia Spencer, she has a decent ground game, and then she ground and pounded her. I mean, okay, you know, you're not to be trusted. I'm not saying I'm going to bet on this girl, but uh, when you look at the line and you look at it, it it's it's just like Zara Furin for the first time. She's she's got she's got more experience. She's taller. She, she's actually got the size advantage for the fucking first time. Uh, I, I believe Nunez is in the wrong weight class with no ground game. Uh, I so I, I to pick the underdog here at the plus one ten Zara Furin. What do you say about that, T? Yeah, I'm with you here, man. Um, I I think fair. She'll edge her out here. Um, you know, like Nunez doesn't have too much for her, so I'm with you here. Um, but next up, um, next up on the card, we got Bartos Fabinski versus um, Gerald Merskart. Um, I can barely say their names, but uh, what you think about this one, Mike? Ah, uh, bro, you, you barely say their names because it barely matters. Uh, Bar <laughs> Bartos Fabinski is 15 and four, uh, negative 130 right now, uh, fighting Gerald Merskart, known as GM3. GM3 is 31 and 14. The, the, it, he's the plus 110 underdog. GM3 has got more experience than me. I, I feel like GM, GM3 is like just, just tougher. Fabinski, uh, if you just Google him right away and just look at his picture, he just automatically looks soft to me right off the bat. He just looks like a guy like, bro, like he's just like, you're here. You don't look like a guy. Like the guys that I'm telling you that want to come and like and kill today, Bart, this this ain't that type of guy, bro. Like I, he just he just he doesn't look like a he ain't, he ain't he ain't it. So and you can tell by his his record. His last his last fight, he got armbarred round one. The one before that, he finally won. He won one. It was a decision. So he's not even a finisher. Then he lost again by guillotine choke. So you know what that means? He's a motherfucking tapper. He might as well just you know just 
just start tapping like a woodpecker on a tree because once you're a tapper, you're always a tapper. And that's a rule in jujitsu. Guys go to sleep or they fucking tap. And if you're the type of little sissy who taps to a guillotine choke, you're soft, 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 soft. Okay. okay? And anyone that does real does jujitsu knows that unless that guy is just really, really good at that specific move and is a, is, is a higher rank than you, then the guillotine choke is, you know, Maybe acceptable to be fucking choked out by someone higher ranked than you. But, dude, this dude, soft, bro. I'm telling you, if GM3 gets this dude on the ground, he will be able to submit him. I think, I think he'll be able to submit him fast. I just don't think Fabitsky's tough. I think he's literally, he's Twinkie soft, pillow soft, Charmin soft. That's how I feel about him. And, you know, but the, the only thing that, uh, that bothers me, I believe it's, uh, GM3 is at Rufus Sport and he, Brendan Allen, he's not there anymore. He, he switched to a different camp. They, that's I think that was his biggest training partner to roll with. So GM three, I mean, I mean, who's he rolling with? You know, uh, I know he doesn't got a big brother as crazy as mine to fucking roll with. So I don't know, man. It's a very very hairy one. But at the underdog price of plus one ten, I think that uh, Gerald Mershard is the one to go way to go. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go um, go with him here um, at the plus one ten. Go with a little bit of dog money. I might take him ITD too. If that line's good. Um, but uh, yeah, next up on the card we got um, Jessica Panay versus L- Lupita Godinez. Um, Godinez is five and zero. Oh. Uh, this is gonna be her first fight in the UFC, so she, she's stepping up in class, um, hopping in the UFC. Um, Panay is a big question mark. Um, she's got the height and reach, reach advantage. She's coming off a long layoff. The last time she fought was 2017. Um, Panay has fought the better fighters, obviously. She's been in the UFC, but um, she's still a big question mark here. Um, I'd go decision here or, or pass. Um, I'm really not sure we'll get here from Panay, um, but what you think about this one, dude? Um, on this one, uh, Jessica, Jessica Panay is not to be trusted ever. I personally know uh, down Alliance, Alliance MMA, they're a great camp down in San Diego. Shout out to Eric Del Fiero. Uh, you know, even though I don't, uh, you know, care for Dom Cruz too much, still shout out to him and then all the other savages that are over there. Uh, but the point is that Jessica Penny's over there, Alliance MMA. She has Angela Hill to uh, fox around with all day, but Jessica Penny, once again, this is, this is one of those people I just talked about, soft. She's one of those people who gets hit in her nose and is like, oh, my God, that hurt. Really? It's a fucking fight. It hurt when you got punched in your nose. No fucking shit. Are you going to push through that or are you just going to, like, hold your nose now and curl up in the ball while you get your ass beat? I mean, Jessica Penne is that type of girl. She's the type of girl. That's why she's 12 and 6. She hasn't fought since 2017. She is beyond old now, bro. She is, she is washed up. There's no, I, I, I could never back her in this, in, in this. The number is negative 300 on Lupita, who's uh, 5-0. and oh. the, the, It's very hard to lay your money on, on a favorite versus a, a, a newcomer like this versus someone that's supposed to be the veteran um, like uh, Jessica Penny. But Lupita Gunas, she, she's 5-0. and oh. She's very mean. When I'm talking about mean, like she's Mexican, like mean. She's got that Mexican heart. She's got that, that gas tank. She's going to come in there to eat your face off. That's the stuff I want to see from someone. So Lupita Gudez, yeah, she's negative 300. It's the price is steep, but I see why. I think she just absolutely beats the shit out of Jessica Penne's face and makes a penne noodle out of her ass. She's going to be down on the floor, jiggle, jiggle, and she ain't going to be waking up, bro. Uh, I, I don't think she makes it to the belt. This is the rare time I'm going to say that a 5-0 and newcomer that 
is kind of suspect, actually has the skill to actually put Jessica Penne straight into the hospital. There we go. So, you're so, getting me, uh, get me kind of bucked up for the women's fight, bro. Ah, oh, bro, you, someone got to get you bucked up because of the fucking, you know, uh, this is not, these women's fights sometimes aren't the best. But look at the picture of Jessica Penny on there, bro, and tell me if you think she's tough. I mean, uh, they don't even have a picture of the other girl, and I already know she's tougher. So, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, but is this thing, I have nothing against good upper-class women's MMA. This is just – this is garbage. If it's male – if it was male or female, I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it as it is. If this is, this is low-class MMA – for women's division, especially in the UFC caliber, uh, Lupita should win by just absolute domination. So, uh, uh, like I said, well, hopefully she'll just smash her into the ground, and we'll talk about that next week. But next up on the card, Alexander King Kong Romanov, 13-0, coming against Juan Espino, 11-1, plus 115, negative 140 for my boy King Kong. If you haven't watched Alexander King Kong Romanov, you please go watch the motherfucking highlight reel. He's the type of dude to grab you, to pick you up and slam you on your bitch ass back. He, his last fight, he won by literally the, what I just said, slammed the dude down so fast and he put his forearm so deep into the dude's throat that it gets the canvas because he was that strong that he put that bitch to sleep. So I'm. this is my first bet of the night. I'm back at my boy, King Kong, the motherfucking man. Negative 140. 1.4 units going down on King Kong Romanov to absolutely pick up Espino and slam him down on the ground. The only fear, the only thing that my boy Romanov has to do is just not get caught by something stupid while he goes on an entry for the for the takedown. But Alexander Romanov, he's a big dude. Espino's big too as well. This is a heavyweight fight. But the point is, is that Alexander's whole game plan is to grab you, to take you down, and smash you. I'm a fan of that. So, yes, I'm back in Alexander Romanov against Juan Espino at the negative 140, dropping 1.4 units, the first bet of the night, and not to mention Romanov's 10 years younger. So let's fucking go, baby. Yeah, man, I'm right with you. Um, Romanov, he's 30. Espinoza's 40. Um, It's an interesting fight, though. They both submission artists, but – um. You know, Romanov, uh, I think he's got the slight edge and age and ability. So I'm, I'm right with you here. I'm going to be putting my unit down when they go go to fight. Um, but next up after that, we'll have um, uh, another female fight. It's Tracy Cortez versus Justine Keish. Um, um, Cortez is coming out a nice fight camp, um, fight-ready MMA. She's got eight wins in a row, two of them in the UFC. Um Kish, she lost three out of her last four fights. Um, her last one, she got submitted rear naked choke. Um, Cortez is the up and comer here. I think the UFC likes her, so I, they probably want her to win, and she'll probably get the W here. So I go with her decision. But what you think about this one, dude? Yeah, this fight. This fight is a uh, man. It literally, Justine Kish has literally shit in the octagon like literally she's known for literally shitting her pants while she fought for elise herrick it was the most retarded thing i've ever seen r- ridiculous thing i've ever uh, seen in my life sorry for using <laughs> that word yeah she literally shit herself in the octagon while she was fighting it was on the octagon floor the, it, it, it's like that's that's the claim to flame to justine quiche but justine quiche though she does have good striking 
She she does have a lot of volume. She she definitely does have combos, and she she's not that bad, dude. But Tracy Cortez, she's coming out of Fight Ready MMA. She's just literally uh, younger, or uh, just I mean, if we want to get I mean, sexual, she's beautiful, dude. Like gorgeous, not only she's gorgeous, but dude, she fights and she's a scrapper. She's got eight wins in a row. Um, you know, she she she's got literally one of the best camps behind her. Like I said, Fight Ready MMA. Uh, they have some of the most high uh, scientific training that's going on for strength and conditioning. The lab result testings that they do, uh, Fight Ready is just like on a whole nother level right now. I was a, I'm a huge ATT fan, but Fight Ready has been uh, basically my, uh, my my new my new camp that's like my favorite lately. But you know, ATT uh, Mike Brown and then the likes is still always going to be uh, you know where I'm at, but I think if Cortez is smart and she sticks to the game plan that she probably wins the, this fight via decision. So uh, at the price tag of negative 240 uh, on Tracy Cortez, that's a little steep because you could, you could lose a decision. Like I said, these judges are crazy, but uh, if you could look at the decision prop for Tracy Cortez, I think she could possibly, uh, uh, it, it would probably be plus 100 plus something. It would be much better odds on, than a negative 240 favorite. So you could get a good, good value off of someone who's going to win. Uh, in my opinion, so you have anything to say on that one? T? Oh, you already did that, right? Yeah, I did it. Yeah, let's go yeah, yeah. roll it to the main card, dude. Yeah, buddy. So I will. I just want to say thank you to all 181 of you live. Uh, in effect, 183 keeps going up as we speak. Just uh, I cannot thank you enough for all of the you guys. Uh, you know, for being here live with us, tuning the MA for Money show. We're all about love and family and teamwork over here. It makes the dream work. Um, you know, this is MMA advice cryptocurrency investing and stock advice me and my boy t and the mma for money team i have all proven records of absolutely just destroying i'm talking about like tw pl literally 2200 percent gains on crypto coins stuff that you wouldn't imagine i mean i'm an early tesla investor i got in 129 dollars before it shot up to 2500 and split five ways so you, you want to be part of the mma for money team We're, we call it the mma for money team because motherfucking team's making money and if you look everywhere we go we got we got the proof of it so we appreciate all you guys who are our fans and then supporting our community and uh with that said we roll straight into the main card and we got ricardo ramos a ufc veteran who's 14 and 3 fighting bill algeo who's 14 and 5. uh ricardo ramos has negative 380 a negative 138 at the time, and Bill Algeo was plus 105. Um, you know, Ramos, super young man, talented. I, I, dude, really, really slick jujitsu game. If this guy gets your back, man, he's the type of guy that uh, sinks in the hooks of the quadri triangle and get and gets your neck really, really, really quick. Um, so it, I, that's his best game plan, and probably the way that uh, Ramos would would win this fight. But Bill Algeo is no joke, man. Um, he's really good at uh, just, you know, leg kicks, spamming up, you know, just volumes of lower leg kicks, more output. So it's this is a this is going to be a great fight to watch. I would I'm going to lean. Oh, man, I'm going to lean Ricardo Ramos just because he's a veteran and that's my rule. But don't be surprised. Like if this if they drop these two in an alley, I think that Bill Algeo is that meaner guy that I talked about. You want to see to kill someone today or hurt someone in the octagon. So I think Bill, Bill Algeo is the dude that uh, that in, an, in in the streets would win, but the same street fight. I think Ramos has a chance to take Bill Algeo's back because uh, Bill he, Bill Algeo gives takedowns easy sometimes. So if Ramos gets his back, he's absolutely fucked. But we'll see. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, Aljo is coming off his first UFC win. Um, Ramos lost to uh, Leon Murphy his last time out. Uh, it's it's going I think it's gonna be a close fight. Um, I'm not sure either way to be honest. Uh, Ramos is the younger guy. I'd I probably lean to him, but I'm interested to watch this one. Um, but uh, yeah, next up on the card we had um we got Luis Pena versus Alexander Munoz. Um. I really like Pena here. Um, his last fight was against Kama Worthy. He lost it by submission. But, um, you know, I, I feel like it, it was a real competitive fight. You know, kind of blew it. But um, he's been training with Gamrot, too, in camp. And Gamrot's coming off an impressive win. We just showed you. So I really like Pena here. Uh, Pena here. But what you think, Mike? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, Luis Pena, he's 8-3. and three. Um, He's fighting Alexander Munoz, who's 6-1 and one, um, in, in the newcomer in this position. Luis Pena, man, I mean, the guy has a lot of talent. He's very long for the division. He's strong. He's got good jiu-jitsu. He's got uh, good striking. But Pena's last fight against, uh, like I said, was, was against Kama Worthy, and he lost by sub. And, uh, you know, I, we actually uh, bet Kama Worthy on that sub. We got plus 200, I believe. That was the big win. Uh, the first that was Conor yep. Worthy's first fight, so shout out to us for uh, that, calling that Luis Pena win. But on this one here, Pena's been uh, training with Mateus Gamrot, that dude I was speaking so highly of earlier, the dude that had the you know the sick just volume of striking. The, he he literally would throw overhand right, go down and right ankle, uh, left ankle pick you so fast you'd be on your ass. I just I think that training with those type of guys that is really going to help uh, Pena here because that's kind of his Achilles heel. So at the negative 140 odds, me and T both love the, the, the reach advantage that he's going to have. Uh, I believe that he's now uh, improved his game with the, the, his team. So we're at the negative 140. We're doing the 1.4 units to win one unit. So we're rolling Luis Pena. So let's fucking go. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah. And then next up on the card, man, is uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, 10-3. and three. Negative 300 versus Jacob Malkoon, who's four and one, coming back at plus 235. Automatically, I'm just like, I, I'm like in shock that we're seeing a four and one fucking guy up on the main card. Like, this is this is weird. I mean, um, I, it's like four and one. So you some, some, something's going on, okay? Then his last, his last fight was a loss. By, he lost to Phil Haas in round one. And, and it looked, I think it was pretty quick. So either way, he lost it round one, okay? 13 uh, the, the, seconds, bro. Th That's yeah. not fast. Yeah, it, it, too quick. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't trust, uh, the, you know, that too much because, man, Phil Haas is a tough dude. He has a lot of power. That could happen when you walk in the pocket. And so it, it's just weird. So, but, man, I'm having a really tough time with this one because – Abdul Rasak Al-San is a straight athlete, dude. Like, he, he's literally – he has some major skills. He's coming off two losses, one to Chaos Williams, who that – that straight – that loss right there, I understand. You If you go look up Chaos Williams, he'll knock you out too. He'll knock me out and knock my – he'll knock my brother out. That dude is vicious. So, I can't even, like, just discount Abdul because he got knocked out by uh, Williams. And then his other loss before that – you know, was uh, Manoel Lezez, who's an amazing fighter. So that was a decision. So, you know, he walked into a punch versus a very dangerous Chaos Williams. Jacob Malkoon is 4-1. and one. I, I just, there's just no way in hell that I can go against the OG veteran here, um, you know, when this other guy uh, has just not proven much to me. So uh, I see the negative 300 price tag. I, I, 
it's definitely steep. It's steep. I don't like it. I'm not firing on it. But I, I believe that Al uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan should be able to win this fight. But once again, negative 300 is a little steep. And, um, you know, it's just tough to, to throw that money down on that. I, I recommend just watching it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Abdul was coming off of two losses. His like got finished thirty seconds his last fight. Um, you know, Malcoon too. Um, he, so they both got something to prove. I think it's gonna be a stand up battle, but I, I'm leaning Abdul um by KO. Um, I would not lay that number though. There's no way I'm touching that minus three hundred. Like, uh, uh-uh. you can no, forget no. about that. <laughs> but um, yeah. Next up on the card, we got um, we got a a serious OG Andre Arlowski fighting Chase Sherman. Um. Um, Chase Sherman gets hit a lot, man. His, his wins really don't, um, they don't impress me too much. Um, uh, Arlowski coming off of that loss to Aspinall. Um, I, personally, I think Andre still got some left in the tank. I mean, he's been around forever, but I, I still think he's got some. And I, I'm, I might even bet him here. I don't, I don't know if I want to lay anything on him. I might just do it for old time's sake. Um, I think he'll edge Sherman out here. But what you think, Mike? Oh, dude, dude. I mean, I'm going with the pit bull all day. I mean, I, dude, Chase Sherman. I mean, he's been in and out of the UFC like like a like a ring girl, bro. I mean, like he ain't he ain't permanent like Andre Arlovsky. Andre Arlovsky's been in there with absolute savages. Chase Sherman has been knocked out by non savages. I mean, this is an absolute gift volleyball just just thrown up to Andre Arlovsky to just smash Chase Sherman into a marshmallow that he is. I can't believe that this is a matchup. <laughs> Negative 170, I'd probably be personally firing on him. I think that – I just don't see how Chase Sherman beats Andre Olofsky. There's just – you know, I don't care yeah. how old Andre Olofsky is. He – Andre Olofsky is still at least coming forward. He's still at least, like, trying to throw bombs. Like, you know, it, it's um, – you know, he's only his, – his last loss was with Tom Aspinall. If you know who Tom Aspinall is, he's a stud. It was a by rear naked yeah. choke, so you can't even hate on Alovsky losing to a freaking uh, a stud who's uh, only twenty eight years old. I mean, this state, this Chase Sherman ain't twenty eight years old, folks. Uh, Chase Sherman is, I believe, 30, 31 years old. So, I mean, last time, dude, he's gonna just manhandle this kid. He's gonna smash him. It's gonna be Andre Alovsky, the pit bull. Hopefully, it's a retirement fight, a walk of out of victory, so we can see one of the legends just go out. On a sh- without going out on a shield, but putting the other guy down on the floor by the KO. I'm going Andre Ar- the Pitbull Arlovsky to win, to throw it down the retirement and walk off here. Yeah, no doubt, man. I've been wanting to bet Andre. <laughs> it's not a show pick, though, but uh, we'll probably still go bet him. Be yeah, and, and if and if you guys tune in, you know, if you go to my Twitter at don't cope just win, don't K O P E just win, uh, you can go to tease at saints underscore 504 go to uh you go to to, uh, the mma for money show we post other bets sometimes if i see a weigh-in then then i see some fishy well uh i'll put another bet down and so sometimes there'll be a late addition to something i see because the weigh-in day is the easiest day for me to pick an actual winner it takes a lot more balls on on a tuesday when the lines just dropped to call a shot um, a lot of these guys, they, you know, they wait for uh, uh, four other podcasts to come out. They listen to all their picks and then they make their choices with a lot of extra information on the MMA for money show. We're one of the first to fire. We're on time every time, like clockwork, like you said. So it's uh, consistence and persistence over here. And it's, uh, you know, it's what makes us win. Next up, uh, we have, uh, what is it? Jeremy Stevens versus Drakkar 
close. Holy shit, bro. This is going to be fun, dude. Jeremy Stevens is an absolute savage. 28 and 18, um, negative 145 on the betting versus, and Jakar Close is 11 and 2, plus 120. Uh, Jeremy Stevens has some devastating, devastating power in his hands. He's moving up in weight class from 145. I believe this is 155 this time. So the weight cut shouldn't be so harsh on him at the older age. He should, the, the power should transfer even more there, in my opinion. Uh, Jakar Close just got absolutely devastated by Benil Dariush. Like, I'm talking about just spinning back fist murdered. The dude's going to be having nightmares for that KO for the rest of his life. I don't care what he says. I mean, I, I'm thinking about that fucking thing still. So, I mean, Jeremy Stevens, if he lands one, one clean right hand on Jakar Close's chin, He's sleeping. So I got to back my boy, Jeremy Steven, who trains at Alliance MMA with all the OGs. Like I said, uh, Eric Del Fierro is the coach down there, one of the best, smartest dudes in the world. Uh, in, in, like I said, Dom Cruz and so many other uh, badass uh, fighters over there that, that he has to train with. So I'm, I'm, I cannot go against the veteran here. Jakar Close, definitely is younger. I'll give him that edge. But, uh, it's bro, he gets touched one time on his chinny, chin, chin, and uh, you're going to see him sleep. But that's my say on that one. Yeah, um, but I'm wondering if if Stevens lo loses this, is he out of the UFC? Because uh, that's, you know, that's four in a row. Well, he's coming off four in a row. His last one was Qatar. And, yeah. Um, all, I mean, all his losses are the good fighters, though. But, I mean, his back's against the wall here, that's for sure. I think he's going to be coming out looking to just clean up uh, close with a big – with just one big shot and just pound him. Uh, but to me – um. You know, I don't think Jakar is too bad. Um, he's got good ground game. He's a solid striker. Um, personally, if Stevens doesn't get him, I think he's going to lose a decision. I think he's going to have to knock him out, and if he doesn't, I, I think he'll end up losing that, um, the decision in that one. But um, yeah, that, that's, we'll that's a good goes. that's a good uh, analysis. You know, and then, like I said, we don't always got to agree over here. That's better to hear some other sides too. So yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, let's go into the um. The main event, man. Um, right here we got Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Kelvin Gastelum. Um, man, I, I I love Whitaker, bro. Like if if Ed Asai wasn't in his division, I think Whitaker would be running it. Um, it's, it was supposed to be Costa versus Whitaker, which would have been a pretty damn good fight to watch, and I think Whitaker would be Costa's ass too. But um. Uh, can, can Gaslam last with Whitaker? I doubt it. And, you know, I'm very high, so I just think I think Whitaker's going to dominate him. Um, but we'll see how it goes. What you think, man? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a big Bobby Knuckles fan. Uh, Robert Whitaker, is, he's a stud, dude. I mean, uh, if you, you know, I don't care if you're, if you're gay, straight, bi, whatever you want to be, LBGTQ, we love you all. I'm straight, okay? I You go look at Robert Whitaker, and, bro, I will turn gay right now for him. Like he is, bro, he is beautiful, dude. Like he, and not even that, the way he holds himself, dude, he's a professional, the way, the, just how smart he is. Like he's a, he's a good mixed martial artist in the true sense of mixed martial arts and like a, you know, a, a, a discipline. He's just very disciplined. I, I just love Robert Whitaker. He's the type of guy that you want to like show your kids and be like, go be something like that guy. You know, don't be you know similar to my bro War Machine where I told him, you know, stop talking on Twitter. But Robert Whitaker is just a savage. He's striking. It's just amazing. Kelvin Gastelum is uh, going to be outsized here. For the first time in a while, Whitaker is going to have a big strength advantage, in my opinion. He's going to be bigger. Kelvin Gastelum is only in the 185-pound division. 
because his fat ass could st not stop eating all the Twinkies in the year 2000 snacks that Day Day was talking about on next Friday. Those, he must have been eating all the Twinkies because he couldn't get down to the 170 mark anymore. So that's why he's fighting at the 185. So I'm not, I'm never, ever, ever back in the Kelvin Twinkie Gasolum. I'm going with my boy Bobby motherfucking Knuckles. I hope he devastates him. I hope he drops him to the floor and sleeps his ass and just literally just puts him into a night night land and nightmare land. So Bobby Knuckles, let's fucking go, baby. And so with that, so, you know. <clears throat> But that said, that's pretty much that's the whole UFC card. Um, now that we have a little bit more time, I just want to we'll, we'll get into, uh, you know, a little bit of cryptocurrency talk. Me and T, the MMA for Money team is all has been into cryptocurrency since uh, 2016 ish. Uh, MMA for Money himself, Prime, is uh, responsible for specifically my first investments in any cryptocurrency. I, I'm, I'm so thankful that he even told me about it or like made me aware of that there was this. Uh, this asset that was just digital gold floating. It changed my whole bum life. I went from a $13 EMT salary and working on the ambulance in Los Angeles where nobody gave a fuck about me. I mean, they don't give a shit about all those first responders. And then all of a sudden this year, everyone's a hero now they're, they're over there, but they're still getting paid $13 an hour. I hope you guys know that some of the best medics in the world right now are working at AMR, American Medical Response. They get paid $15 an hour to save your life over here. And that's just despicable, disgusting. Shout out to all the first responders. Uh, I've done my, my years of duty, search and rescue with LAPD, Devonshire Division, CEMP, specifically search and rescue as their, their medic. Um, I, I've done, I, like I said, I've done my time and I've, I've made my leaps and bounds. But if it wasn't for MMA for Money team, if it wasn't for Jason Torello, if it wasn't for my boy T down here, if it wasn't for uh, a super tip star, if it wasn't for this community that was built, that, like, that blockchain is literally the same thing, the, the, there's like these bet this there's this circle of this unity that I can't explain. Like I, I've sent tens of thousands of dollars to people I've never met before to invest for me, and they send me the money and coins back. The honor and integrity of cryptocurrency is just unreal. We're talking about an asset that is the first of its kind, Bitcoin. There's only 21 million cap. After 21 million, there will be no more. There will be no. There's no more monopoly money being printed like the U.S dollar prints the u.s dollar they print 10 trillion this year and they added 10 to 20 so it's 30 30 trillion in debt with no plan to ever be fixed bitcoin is worth over 1.2 trillion dollars it's got zero motherfucking debt i don't know what kind of mathematics major you guys need to be but a 21 million market cap a market supply there's 19 19 million gone now you guys there's a race for 2 million more folks uh, once the 21 million Bitcoin are gone, you guys know what supply and demand does? The supply is gone, folks. You see how much money it's worth today? It's at all-time high, $64,000, $63,000 of Bitcoin. It was at like $1,000 when we started talking about it. We told our team to invest. We started investing in ICOs like Nexo, like Voyager, like, uh, you know, Waves, we, uh, some of us got into. Nexo alone was one ETH, $500 I threw in 2017. That one, that one ETH, each one that I threw, that one of one ETH is now worth like thirty thousand plus dollars each ETH I threw in the Nexo. So, uh, dude, literally, just unreal amounts, dude. We 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 it changed my whole damn yeah, life. Nexo is killing, man. Nexo dude, next, and if you, and if you don't, and Nexo, Nexo, let me get to that. Is uh, it's called N E X O, obviously. 
They are they are the basically one of the first crypto back bank uh, loan program uh, loan platforms. You can put your cryptocurrency down as as collateral for a loan in U.S. dollar and pay off you uh, whatever you want to do. Um, they're having a visa. They're gonna have a visa credit card soon uh, that you can swipe. Um, I already have, we are, there's already companies like that, but specifically they're gonna have their own, which is huge. They also are um, what um, they give you. Uh, APR back on my Bitcoin. You get 5% APR back daily. 5% APR back daily. No lockups, no contracts, no freaking like the CDs and these freaking, these bankers got you all manipulated. You get free, with, free withdrawals free. too, man. I Dude, just drew some ripple today and didn't it, have to pay anything. It, well, everybody's guys, getting killed on tax fees, getting killed sending stuff on fees, yep. and Nexo's got, gives you free five. Five free withdrawals a month, at least. It might be so, per currency, so, but I'm not so, sure. So the chart you're seeing is next. So it's at thirty-three dollars. It's an all-time high, folks. A motherfucking all-time it's high. So three dollars, uh, dude. Three thirty. Hey, my favorite number is three, baby. So three, 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 if it was baby. Three dollars. I would hey, be sitting here. That's all, damn sure. Hey, all I know is that. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Hey, if it wasn't three thirty-three, you wouldn't be hearing real Mike ranting anymore. I'm telling you, that'd be that'd be fucking probably suicidal. But the point is, is that Nexo, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, Voyager, all of, you know, it's too many. ADA, freaking, uh, well, we, Stellar, we told uh, our fans to buy, man. I mean, how many times we got to tell you guys to buy some crypto and make yourself some gosh dang money? We're trying to change your damn life. Insanity's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a new result or a different result. The, the system is insanity. Printing monopoly money, $10 trillion at a time is stupid. $30 trillion in debt is dumb. They have no plan to come back from it. They never will. Bitcoin will own them. Blockchain will run the world. You guys got to jump into it. And not just crypto. We do stocks too. So diversify. Start putting 5 to 10% of your salary each month into some crypto or your a stock that you like. And you don't need to know much st about stocks. Even if you, ju you just literally, if you like a product like Warren Buffett, you like Coca-Cola? I like Coca-Cola. I like the Mexican Coca-Cola, the bottle, the glass ones. So you know what I do? I buy Coke stock. Why? Because it, I love it. It's a good product. It's, it's an easy C for me. You know, it's the same thing with Starbucks. Starbucks, there's a line all day. I, I have Starbucks stocks. Thank you guys for staying in line all day. I love you guys. You know, Costco stock, line out the door. Thank you guys. Shout out to Vince Guzman, our boy on here on Haps, that works at Costco. He knows how motherfucking busy that Costco is. That was Costco stock is fire, baby. And, and you know, I'm going to give you guys a freebie right now. I'm going to get up. I shouldn't even be giving you guys this, but. Because the MMA for Money team is such such a just a generous, beautiful place. Coinbase, Coinbase drops tomorrow. And it's gonna be called Coin, C-O-I-N. Don't Ted Hicks, I was already on it, baby, so don't worry, sweet. So I'm telling you, Coinbase is the first ever place I got Bitcoin, guys. The first ever, okay? They hold more Bitcoin than probably there's gold in Fort Knox, all right? They hold people's Bitcoin for them. Real Bitcoin owners like T and me and Prime Time, we don't hold our, our money on exchanges that, that, that can be hacked and or taken from by people. We put them in cold storage devices, their uh, cold storage wallets. They're also known as offline. I use the cold cool wallet S. People use Trezor. Uh, there's cool. There's a ledger uh, nano, you know, but you protect your assets. But the point is that we're trying to make you guys money. We want you guys to change your life. 
These guys aren't trying to change your life anywhere. None of your damn friends are going to tell you what me and T and the MMA for Money team are going to tell you and do for you. We literally want all your families to be doing better. You know, every day I get text messages from people who tell me we changed your life. Go to my Twitter. I posted a few just in the last two days, man. And I got another today. But I don't need, like I said, this is about, I, I do work for God. I do work for the people. I want every single person happy. I've been waiting since 2017 for the Coinbase stock to drop. It drops tomorrow, folks. Coin, C-O-I-N. If you don't get it, just remember how I told you so. And then down the road, when they're talking about what a legend we are for that, for owning basically the first crypto-backed bank or uh, crypto crypto exchange that's been regulated by the United States is Coinbase. Like the real most legit company is Coinbase. So if you want, owning Coinbase is cool? Well, hell yeah. They got a grip of Bitcoin. And as as it goes up, that company's just going up and all of us are going to get stacks. Same thing with Bitcoin. It's at 64, it'll hit 70, and then it will will crack down a bit. And then it's going to fly up 100K. And then wait, wait till you see every S&P 500 company diversify and they shit their bricks and they all have to put 10% of their money into Bitcoin just to fucking save their lives when the U.S. dollar keeps getting printed like monopoly money. And this ain't about politics or nothing. This is called just mathematics and factual basis. So, um, you know, uh, personally, I don't I don't don't know what that is. Ted Hicks, you know what that one is? T, uh, GBTC. Uh, GBTC is just um it's Bitcoin, but it's it's man, it's hard for me to explain. I'd have to pull it up and, to to really know what I'm talking about. But it's Bitcoin. I think it's kind of like a Bitcoin future contract, and it's it's okay. It's back. It's it's legitly backed. But um, that's what a lot of the big legit dudes that come from stocks yeah. they'll they'll buy GBTC instead of buying BTC. Okay, actually. so so um, so so well, so that's gonna be a that's gonna be a problem in the future. So in the future, because it's gonna be G, GBTC is gonna want the or that owns the BTC. You see the G. The GBTC means that the G holds the BTC. So yeah, but hold- you just it's it's just future contracts. So you just go on there when you think it's gonna go up and say, all right, true, I want to buy true. so much, yeah. and then you let that go when it after it went up. You know, it, yeah, it's I guess the you stock could people. You know, yeah, no, I like I do people. I do stocks, but even that I just don't I don't see that I don't see why I would do it. I'd rather just buy my own. I just rather stack cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and invest in like we told you guys, Ocean. Me and T gave you guys Ocean. At, what was it, T? A dollar and twenty cents? Dollar seventeen? Nah, when, when we get, ninety. Oh, uh, when we gave it out here, nah, I bought. Yeah, I bought that shit on a dollar. But we I, bought it. We bought it at ninety nine. We both. We both bought at ninety nine cents. It. We told our fans at a dollar and seventeen. I believe it was. It's already up. Like I mean, like, was it four fifty percent? T? Some crazy. Like an un- like a gangster number. It's, it's, it keeps consolidating around two dollars. Like so. Yeah. So. So we've already uh, almost doubled your money. So, you know, welcome. You're welcome. We love you guys. Uh, This is the MMA for Money show. This is what we do here. We want to be a team, a family, a tribe. Uh, Grab a beer. Grab uh, a bongo. Do whatever you want to do when you're watching our show. But we come here to have fun. You want stock advice, crypto advice, you uh, put it out uh, in the chat. I'll try to do my best to break down a specific thing I missed. If you want advice, you know, you can join the MMA for Money team every day Tuesday here on HAP, 6 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, 9 Eastern Standard Time. Um, I can't thank the Habs team enough for uh, all they've done. All 243 of you live watching us uh, break down this card. I appreciate you greatly. Please take my advice uh, seriously. Buy 10% of your money. 
please invest it for your family's future so that your grandkids, they can look back and look at you as a just a bad, bad dude, dude. They'll call you King Papa instead of just Papa. So with that said, Betty, let's roll. <laughs>